0: wanted to get on here, and honestly, I, I want to talk a little bit about the aspirator Revival. Um, by now, you've done your own research, you've looked into it, you've seen that there's revival that started in the 70s there, and that you know the, the guy who the college is even named after was basically a, a revivalist in his own day and age. Um, so we're not going to get into any of those details, but kind of my thoughts on all of this, and just kind of wanted to share my heart on all this is, you know, I see a lot of people being very pessimistic towards it. And I think there could be a health with that. Of, I don't want to call it revival until it's a revival and all that stuff. And I agree. Um, you know, my, my thought process goes to, um, you know, I don't want to call it a revival until lives are changed, until it begins to spread until all that stuff. But if I'm going to be real honest, when I first saw it break out, and, uh, it popped up on my feed and I'm seeing Revival breaking out in D'Asbury. Um, I'd repent because my first feelings about it were jealousy. Why couldn't Revival have broken out where I'm at in my ministry? Yeah, that thought process is exactly why Revival didn't break out. You know, why it didn't start or why it hasn't, hasn't come to my ministry or shattered other say Chi Alpha yet. Um. And this is a process of just a couple of minutes, but I had to repent pretty hard. And I apologized to God. I'm like, that's that's not the right mindset. <laughs> and so then I just kind of, through that repentance and through that jealousy, um, you know, but like God offered me forgiveness, obviously. But then I started to see myself being really intrigued by it. The more intrigued I got, the more excited I got. I started to realize that it doesn't really matter if it's a revival. We can get into the semantics of it. I know semantics are important for some of you guys, but really we can get into the semantics of it. But the semantics really aren't important. I think we all understand, we know what we mean when we say that revival has started, or there's, you know, the, at least the foundation of a revival is being set. Um, We can get into the semantics, we can argue semantics, we can say, Hey, you know what? Um this isn't a revival yet, or this is a renewal, or this is a revitalization, or whatever. Dude, you guys know we know what we're talking about. We know what we mean. Yeah. Maybe this isn't a nationwide revival, but God is doing something. And I think we've allowed our arguments for the semantics to take over our excitement for what God's doing. God is doing something awesome. And the people that have come from there have said that it's very clear. The the presence of God is heavy there. So God is doing something. So why are we being so critical of what something God is doing? Why are we arguing semantics of revival when God is doing something? Let's just be excited about what God is doing. Are we really so jealous that instead of focusing on what God is doing and, and being excited about what God is doing there, we're arguing that this isn't a real revival. Real revival is this. And we can't call it revival yet, blah, blah, blah. Are we really going to get stuck on that? As we, the, the American church, and those of you guys that are pastors alongside me, are we really going to allow the definition of a word that isn't even relevant to what's going on to solely what God is doing there? Because so far, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing two camps. I'm seeing one camp that is all on board. Revival's broken out. Get ready. We're excited. And on the other side, I'm seeing, "Mm, let's hold off calling it a revival. Let's wait. Can we wait and be excited? Can we call it a revival and prepare ourselves and be excited? I think the third option is that we need to just be excited for what God is doing. Stop. It doesn't matter. Call it whatever you want. Stop arguing about whether or not it's a revival. God's doing something. God's doing something. It's a renewal. It's a renewal. If it's a revitalization, it's revitalizing. Come on. And so now that I've gotten that out of the way, let's talk a little bit about it. So we're seeing, um, we're seeing it spread to other campuses, whether not those other campuses are being spread organically or whether they're being forced or not. We're seeing that even in those other campuses, God is still doing things. That might not be a, to the same scale as Asbury, but God's doing things. But frankly, what I'm seeing that encourages me the most is the church. The church is more excited than I've seen it. And at, at least as long as I've been a Christian, I've been a Christian for 13 years now. And in those 13 years, I have yet to see the church as excited as it is right now. <laughs> if that's not a revival, then what is? We've got people excited, wanting to, to start prayer groups on their own campus. I've got students who have been reaching out to me and are saying that they want to start a prayer, uh, something on, on our campus to pray for our campus now. Um, coming up next week is we've got uh, the um, Collegiate, the International Day of Collegiate Prayer. And we've got students who are wanting to do something for that for the first time ever. They're actually like wanting to steam, you know, steam ahead and and, uh, and start something for that. So I've got students who are excited. They're talking about it. They're They're like excited. There's this idea that revival could break out. That's part of what revival breaking out is. Are Christians getting excited to spread the gospel? Are Christians getting excited about what God is doing? Are Christians getting excited to see that God is moving? God is real. He's pr- bringing down His presence and He's actually changing lives. If that's not revival, then what is? I think we have it in our head that this revival is going to be just God just pouring out His Spirit and it's just going to be like a river. It's just going to steamroll the whole country and there's nothing. No. In every revival from the very beginning, from, from when the day of Pentecost, God partners with the church, with those existing members. He partnered with the disciples. He partnered with the early church to, to, for the day of Pentecost. And they were standing there and they were sharing the gospel and people were getting saved because the Holy Spirit was partnering with the existing church. And so, On my behalf, as as, uh, I guess, speaking something prophetic, I think what I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me about Aspirate is that it's a precursor to revival. It is setting the foundations for what is about to come. And now if you want to get into the logistics of it, I think really what it comes down to is it's getting the church excited. And starting to think about revival again and starting to to believe in revival again and start to actually think the revival is feasible again. So that if he did pour out his spirit, we were ready. Because let's be real with how critical everybody's been and how negative everybody's been. If this was a revival, it got stomped out. It'll get stomped out because so many of the church are just frustrated and it's not a revival. Maybe stop worrying about the semantics of it and allow yourself to just be excited. But again, my guess, yeah. To to make this, I guess, a prophetic word, I feel like the Asperger is, is the precursor to revival. When we talk about Azusa Street, Azusa Street really set up something that spread across the country. I think that's kind of what's going on here is Asbury is kind of setting up the foundations for what God is about to do. And there's always people talking about how that in the end times and, and whatever, we're not going to get into the end times. But really now, like revival is always set up for what the church needs in that moment in order to spread. So what does the American church need right now? What does the American church need in order to get excited about Jesus again? In order to love God again? I think the American church needs to get down to its roots. Worship. (laughs) That's exactly what we're seeing. We need to worship that we've never seen before. We need need to, to truly worship God again because we've made so many idols in our lives that it's hard to worship God authentically. We worship our phones, we worship our TVs, entertainment, just comfort. Talking about watching church from home, idolization of comfort. I don't wanna get out of my comfort zone and go to church. I wanna get out of pajamas on my day off We've idolized comfort, and the pandemic just made that idolization worse because it made it easier for us to be home. home. It made us forget the good that comes from going to church, the, the good that comes from worshiping with other believers, the good that comes from that fellowship. And instead, we've sought comfort over that. so if Asprey is making the church uncomfortable good because it needs to get a little uncomfortable the church has been far too comfortable for 50 years we've been so comfortable everything about the American church right now is comfort everything is comfort we're spending ridiculous amounts of money on chairs every other year to make it more comfortable. We're making sure that as people come in the doors, they're comfortable and there's comfort. And we try to make things more comfortable. Now, that's good. I'm not saying that that's bad. But I'm saying that when we obsess over comfort too much, it gets to the point where we lose the gospel for our And one of the things that I think help us the most at getting uncomfortable is a little biblical practice called fasting. Now I think some people need to fast. Some people need to fast their phones. Some people need to fast food. Some people need to fast. But I think fasting It's the biblical principle of fasting food. Spending that time with God, I think, is right now more important than it's been in the American church. And I hope that as leaders, before we are quick to criticize what's going on in Asperger, we fast and seek the Lord on it first. Before we're quick to to call it revival, I pray that we would be seeking the Lord and fasting first. And so I want to encourage you, Christian. Fast. Fast first. Fast and then make an opinion on it. Seek the Lord. And then make an opinion on it. Check your ego. Check your pride. Make sure that you're not allowing your pride to rise up. And then make an opinion on Asbury. And so I guess if I'm saying anything today... Uh, (laughs) I'm saying that I don't have an opinion on Asbury, but I'm excited because God's doing something and I'm excited to see God do something. I'm excited because I feel like I got a word from the Lord that this is a precursor to revival, precursor to revival in my mind, at least means that revival is right around the edge. It's coming. Maybe not this year, maybe not this month, maybe not this week. Um, but if this is a precursor to it, that means it's coming. And, uh, that's exciting too for me. That's really what it gets down to, what we get down to. So rather than just ramble on, uh, I think we should pray a little bit. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to, to witness what you're doing in Asperger's. Thank you for what you're doing in Asbury, whether or not, um, whether or not you are pouring out revival in Asbury, or whether this is a precursor, or whether this is just a an individual move of God to revitalize the church there. Doesn't matter. You're doing something, and I'm excited to watch you do it. And so I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for what you're doing at Lee University. Um, I've heard of a few different others. Uh, that have started because of aspirin. I thank you for what you're doing in those locations too, no matter what they look like, no matter how they're different or the same. I thank you for what you're doing. So Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be quick to judge you, to judge what you're doing. And instead we would be slow, slow to speak. Lord, that we would check our pride. We would check our comfort. And that we would just
1: fall in line with your
0: will, Lord. I pray that your will would supersede anything in our lives, especially as the pastors that might hear this. I pray that that your will would supersede ours and that we could just be excited about what you're doing. And we wouldn't need to speak revival or speak against revival, but instead that our hearts would just be, you know what, you're doing something. and That's awesome because something you haven't done in a while in the United States. And so I'm excited to watch you do it. I hope that that is our heart, and that can be our mindset. I pray for a joy that surpasses all understanding to hit the church in America. And I guess again, you know, with if with the last few years, if that's an any indicator to the American church, you are pressing in and trying to shake up our comfort levels. You've made church uncomfortable. You've made sh- spreading the gospel uncomfortable and the American church has just gotten too comfortable. And so Lord, I pray that you would continue to shake up that comfort in order to revitalize your church, in order to, to spread revival, in order to, to, uh, resurrect your American church or we we're, we could be a force. I know we can. And so Lord, I pray that you would do what you can in order to change the church to be, but it's built to be when it's supposed to be More like the image of you We give ourselves over to you for your will to be done On our lives and we thank you it's In your name we pray, amen Alright, Pastor Tanner I'm Signing off You guys have a good, blessed day.